Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Auburn Live Show, recruiting edition today, also known as The Shriveled Pod. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. And if you're not a member of that site, you should be. We've got a special going on right now, 50% off. It's ridiculous. It's a steal. They're going to come put you in jail if you don't get it. Um, 50% off, what's that make it? Less than $5 a month, less than $50 a year. And it's... uh, a good deal you got uh, all the stuff that cole pinkston our recruiting analyst gives as well as i do some stuff every once in a while myself got a great show for you today today is national signing day you're listening to it thursday but we're recording on wednesday so bear with us on that uh today is national signing day not a lot going on for auburn today and i've got two big time dudes in here to uh help me explain why first off we got senior uh recruiting analyst cole pinkston cole how how the hell are you I'm good. I'm good. How's that little baby? Oh, he's doing good, man. He's yeah. doing good. How old is he? A little while. He's coming up on six months. Woo. Mm. Yeah. 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 Have, you, times. have you gotten to sleep through the night yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You put Miss, Miss Coach is on the late night duties? You know, we take turns. We We are – we are a partnership, you know, try to make sure we're a good team, good teamwork on that. So <laughs> such a cliche answer, Cole. Spoken, like, spoken like a true coach. I'm a former coach, man. That's how we, that's how we communicate. And she doesn't like it sometimes, but Hey, that's, that's how we have to go about it. Put, put you on the bench. <laughs> hey, and uh, joining us today, as he did last time, we love to have him on the show. You guys know him as J head. Today I'm going to call him a head. Hey, I like it. Which is better than A-hole. Hey, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's an upgrade from that for sure, but A message board insider, and not just an insider A-head, but, uh, man, I, I love just reading your stuff because you bring so much insights to, uh, to so many different topics, man. So we love to always have you here, man. You're always invited, um, and I know the, the, the subscribers love it too, man. Welcome aboard. Thank you, brother. Love being on. And, of course, you know, congratulations to Cole coming up on that six-month mark there. You're about to get some of your life back, man. I promise you. So, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate I it. bet you are, man. I bet you are. You and Miss Coach would probably appreciate that. But um, you guys ready to talk about, I guess, a little bit of National Signing Day, lack nice. thereof, direction of the program? Yes. Uh, you know, we'll start with Signing Day. We knew – that it was either going to be a small signing day or uh, a void, uh, a void signing day. You know, Auburn was going to be very selective with the signing day. They signed 17 in December, 
we knew they weren't targeting a lot of guys. We knew that their, their focus was on three guys and, uh, and, and, and citizen, the running back from Louisiana, who Auburn had been recruiting since long ago. Uh, then we had a new edge target, Jack Pyburn pop up from down in Jacksonville. And then Jalen Farmer, who such a quiet guy as recruitment. There just wasn't a lot of intel out there. He was committed to Florida since September, but Auburn managed to get him back on campus for an official visit uh, and, and, and really tried to sway him there. But it was either going to be, a, a, you know, as many of those three as they, as they could get and not, in, not anybody else. We know now that Auburn has gone 0 for 3 with those guys. And I really felt like, and I think we all did, that Jack Pyburn was the best shot of any of those three and I feel like Auburn was in it to win it with him. I think Auburn was the team to beat as of a week ago. I think Brian Harson, Burt Watt, Schmetting, Christian Robinson all went for an in-home visit with Jack Pyburn. It was just Auburn and Miami at the time, and Auburn felt left that visit feeling, uh, feeling very good. Of course, the next day, Florida gets into the mix. He's going on an official visit that next weekend to Florida. Grew up a fan of Florida, and that really changed things for his recruitment. Yeah, what do you what do you think about that? Is that kind of how you saw it? That's exactly up? how I saw it, Jeffrey. And of course, I think there were varying levels of information that came back on Jalen Farmer, probably because there's some ambiguity that surrounded his require I and mean, his recruitment due to he's so quiet and it's hard to get a read on exactly what it is that he was thinking. Will Friend had done a good job trying to cultivate a relationship there. I uh, had made several trips out to his school, had really kind of connected with him, but I think some of the unassuredness around who the offensive coordinator was going to be, the direction of, you know, are they going to be what they were last year? Is it going to be different? I think there were just some questions there that he wanted to answer that Auburn couldn't exactly provide answers to right now. It steered that recruitment for him to stay with Florida. Obviously, Alabama got in the mix late for him. Um, Kentucky fell off when their offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, actually moved from Kentucky to Alabama. So I think there was some hope there from Auburn's side. It just didn't play itself out. And then with Travante Citizen, obviously he was a surprise to everybody. Today. Wow. I don't think there's anybody in this discussion or any national analyst that had him pegged to go to Miami. It was a complete surprise. In fact, I thought it was us up until last week. And then you kind of started to hear, well, maybe it's we're not as in good a position as we thought we were. Um, maybe he's leaning Florida, maybe LSU, and then obviously the surprise today with Miami. But you're right, Jay Lee. Um, we have had a scaled-down board, and I think Cole's done a fantastic job of encapsulating this, but had a scaled-down board from the very beginning. We were only going to take prospects that we thought gave us the chance to truly impact the program and enhance right. the talent level. They weren't going to reach. They weren't going to grab for somebody just to get a body or a number. Because I think they feel very comfortable in the fact that they're going to be able to get what they need from the portal at a later date. Now, feeling that way and actually accomplishing it are two totally different things. So having a plan and executing a plan. But they do have a plan for how they, how they see things, kind of the type of player they plan to attract and the guys that they plan to pursue. And I do feel like they're going to be aggressive in doing that. So, Cole, I know you kept an eye on the offensive line and to, to – reemphasize what Jay had just said in that Auburn wasn't reaching um, in this, in the second signing day, you saw an S Cooper, the Pleasant Grove offensive tackle end up at Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, Miami. And then yeah. Curtis Piegler from Demopolis ended up at Missouri. So you're going, well, man, 
if if these if they're good enough to play at those two schools, why not Auburn? We're a, a school that really needs offensive line. But it goes back to hey, Missouri and Miami might have spots to take chances on these kids. Auburn doesn't. I, I feel like Auburn said, "Man, we've got a couple of those guys on the roster right now. We don't we don't need any more just bodies. We we need guys who can contribute." Cole, what did you see from the offensive line recruiting? Not taking an S. Cooper, not making a move with Piegler. Um, and, and moving forward on the offensive line? Well, I think it goes back to uh, even a guy like Malik Agbo, who yeah. probably, you know, probably Auburn could have had him if they wanted him, I think. That's just – that was the the way we felt about it after he visited and things were going. Right. And it, and we thought Auburn was going to push, but they didn't. Uh, you know, don't don't know why exactly. I, like, like I said today uh, on, on the boards, I don't – I don't know why they make every move they make. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody but Harson and his staff do. That's just how they operate. You know, you got two types of coaches out there. You got those that are that are all big on selling uh, you know, the the appearance of the program, how things are going. Then you got those that operate and do things how they do things, and they don't care what it, you know, they're gonna do it the way they've always done it, the way that, that wins for them, and they're not gonna change anything about it. And I think that's the way Harson and his staff are going to be. And, you know, it's not always the popular thing, but that's how they go about things. And uh, with the offensive line, they're just – they're not going to add extra bodies that they don't think would be able to play there. So I'm not necessarily saying they don't think Curtis Pigler was good enough or they don't, you know, think uh, Inez Cooper was good enough. Obviously, Miami and Missouri do, like you said, but they just don't – they don't see a need to to reach for those guys. And 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that that's wrong or right, but that's the way they're going to do it. I know that for sure. Yeah, you said it better than me, the Miko. Miko. Some coaches at Auburn that really like Curtis Piegler, like what he could do. Um, but in the end, man, it's all about Brian Harson and whether he sees this kid as being a, a, a need, a fit for the culture, for, uh, for the program. And – when, when it came down to it, he just didn't. Uh, yeah, and, and Jeffrey, I think, too, I've heard different things that, that certain people on staff like this guy, but but others don't. And I really don't think they're going to take anybody unless it's unanimous. That seems right. to be what it is. Which that, that should make you – I mean, for me, the way I look at things, it makes me feel pretty good about the 17 guys they took a chance on because they did make it through that tough evaluation pro, you know, process. They – they looked at these guys and said, I want this guy in my program. And they went after him. And, and we were talking, and, and like Jay Head Allen was saying just now about, um, you know, the, the coaching changes and things going on that, that weren't really helping Auburn with, with Jalen Farmer and, and Piper and things like that. Well, back to the early signing period, Auburn benefited from the LSU coaching change. Very much. They benefited from other coaching changes. Look, I mean – at some point, you think the kids would go, okay, coaches are changing at a really alarming rate here. Let me pick the school I like. You know, maybe that'll happen eventually. That's why I go back to Eston Harris. I love the way when he was in when we interviewed him and, and he said, I like Auburn, man. That's why I'm here. I don't care about coaching changes. I like Auburn. Yeah. You know, that was cool to me. There's not many guys that think that way. And, and it seems like, there's so many coaching changes and it's inevitable. You might want to start thinking that way, you know, but that's the way it is right now. 
I think that's that 10,000 foot view that somebody like you that's been in the coaching profession can have. I think it's hard when you're a kid and you've developed a relationship with this certain coach and they've sold you on the way they plan to develop you and coach you and get you to the next level. But you're right, Cole. You hope that at some point the kid's mature enough to be able to pick the situation that's best for him. It's just unfortunate it doesn't play out that way more often. That's right. That's right. And look, it's, yeah. it's difficult when the coaches are selling you everything. I mean, everything. They sell everything. It's not the school selling you. It's the coach. Right. So it's tough. They're, yeah, they're the doorstep to the university. They're the ones that's, that's opening that door for you and developing and cultivating that relationship. But speaking of offensive line, I found it interesting, and I think you guys have touched on this. I know that the overall perception right now is that Auburn desperately needs offensive line. And I'm not saying that we don't need bodies to a degree, but it's not as urgent or as big of an emergency, I think, as some people would like to see. Absolutely. We have 14 guys on the roster in the OL. You typically want to be, I think, somewhere between 16 to 18 that's kind of the threshold, I think, where most coaches, maybe 15 to 18 is where they feel comfortable so that you have a legitimate 3D. We're not far off from that. So if you're able to add two quality bodies from the portal later on down the line, you're really no worse for the wear. Now, it may hurt you moving forward kind of for the long term because where we're missing players, there's kind of gaps there. You've got seven or eight, I think, seniors on this roster. So that means you're going to have to take a really, really big class next year. But if you can find some mid-tier guys that aren't necessarily – I mean, you want them to push your starters, but you don't necessarily need them to be ready to compete next year. But you do need them ready to be ready for 2023. That's where you've got to have mm. guys on the field. And I think they'll be selective, um, and they'll attack the guys that they think in the portal that can really have that chance to step on the field and start for them in 2023. I think that's what you'll see them kind of do. You know, I think that's why Albert struggled earlier for the spring semester and getting those offensive line out of the transfer portal is everybody's coming back. You don't have that immediate spot open to sell these guys, and and it was difficult. And Auburn, you know, we saw that with the results. Moving forward, now you've got 17 signees, high school guys. You've got five transfers already enrolled in the spring semester. I saw you post this morning, Jay Head, that, uh, the same number as, as I was told, which is 10 right now. Yep. Uh, 10 spots remaining right now for Auburn to fill before the fall, and they can do that. Most of – I think they're, the, the goal here is to get seven or eight of those guys in in May to yep. go through summer and then have a couple of spots left over for anything that might pop up at the end of the summer. And, 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 and I'm not talking about using those spots on guys who can help immediately. It'll be very difficult uh, to come in in fall camp and be able to – uh, to help immediately, but then you're you're looking at 2023, mm -hmm. filling some of those holes um, for the future. We talked about, we have talked about Noah Steen from Vanderbilt, uh, transfer offensive lineman. We've talked about Hunter Narzad from Cornell, offensive lineman. Both of those guys are May. Auburn has had Narzad in for an official visit, and I don't think Steen and, and Jay had you were saying before the show, Auburn kind of lost its end with him, right? He's from I think so, yeah, my understanding was Jake Mason was the end. And for those that don't understand portal recruiting, it is the speed dating of recruiting, man. I mean, you got to have the end. Uh, either you have to have a prior relationship or you need to be a school that you're kind of transferring back to to get closer to home or there's an immediate playing time. So there's got to be a catch there to get you interested right away because things move at such a rapid pace. 
transfers aren't necessarily interested in, you know what I mean, the whole show that a lot of these kids go through the first time around in high school. They're looking for bare bones facts and who, who can they trust. Right. Because it is a cutthroat business in the transfer pool and you're trying to secure a spot and they're looking for somebody that they have, like I said, either developed that relationship with or, hey, I'm getting closer to home to be by my family, something of that nature. But with Steen, Mason was that bridge. And I do think that Will Friend has gotten in the door there and he's established a relationship to a degree. I don't think that he's been out to visit him yet. And I also, it's my understanding that his brother, where he landed, who was a high school recruit, I think he just signed with Virginia today, and that Tony Elliott, the new Virginia head coach, has done a good job establishing a relationship with that family. So I probably tend to believe that's where he's going to land. I just, right, Noah. Unfortunately, I think it's trending that direction. Think, you know what? I think you mean Tyler. Uh, oh, is it Tyler? Tyler. Yeah, yeah, Noah. I, can, I yeah. think I said, Noah, why don't y'all come in here? But you know what? He's the this, Exactly what Jay had just said is exactly why I love to cover transfer portal recruitment so much. It's so much easier because it's so much more transparent than these high school kids, man. Yes. There's so much behind the scenes going on with these high school kids that you don't really know what to believe. You know where you you know that Trevante Citizen had the best relationship with Cadillac Williams and the most, the, the longest relationship with Cadillac Williams. You know, he visited in the summer. I mean, yeah, in the summer, then he came back again for a multi-day visit in January. So if you're following the relationships and if you're following the visits, man, you got to like Auburn, right? Right. Yeah. But man, there was so much going on behind the scenes with him. And, and, and of all places that he ends up, Miami? Right. It makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Yeah, Florida was like, oh, LSU. And, and even Auburn was like, I, you know, I wouldn't have said Miami. That would have been number four. And I even put, I think it was Monday or Tuesday when we went national story. I was like, Miami's out. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, and, and his coach says he's going out of state. So it's got to be Auburn or LSU. I mean, Auburn or Florida at this point. Right. Uh, and listen, it, there's not anybody better than Chad Simmons on getting a feel for where prospects are going, especially as it starts to wind down towards the end of their recruitment. And I don't think he had any clue that he didn't. was headed to Miami. Zero. Nope. See, it was – no, nobody – not even Sam Spiegelman, who just joined on three, who covers Louisiana and Texas, who used to for rivals, and it was is awesome over there. He came in, and he did have it that he was going out of state, but nobody had Miami. No. At least nobody had Miami. The multiple hats or the – I have a shirt on under this shirt. Oh, God bless you, man. There was so – there was – listen, the whole hat thing and the throwing it off and taking off, that all returned today. Did y'all notice that? Oh, yeah. Like, that's what, that's what oh, I was It was referring. awful. The whole fake out, the okie dokes. Oh, my God. I, you know, I, I thought those were a thing of the past, man. You know what's surprising <laughs> and shocking today? When somebody just goes to the place that you think they're going. Yeah. No, that's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, he's actually going to the place we thought. <laughs> Jack Pyburn was that, right? Yeah, but he, yeah. he he was the only one. I had Farmer predicted to go to Alabama until I found out this morning that they stopped pushing on him. I had Travante Citizen going to LSU, even though Speedman had said he's going out of state. I thought, nah. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, man. Nah, LSU, was, okay, LSU okay. was working behind the scenes too, big time. Yeah, Uncle hey, Frank's gonna pull this yes. one off the last second. Nah, he's landed with LSU, and, and and true to word, I mean, he went to Miami, and Mario Cristobal picked up a really good running back. I tell you, Mar- Mario put together a, a pretty decent class there, right? I mean, from what I saw today, yes, I uh, think he's up to—is it what up to 14th, maybe? And yeah, they were was bottom of the barrel 
before he took that job. I mean, Manny Diaz had that that whole train had run off the tracks, oh. crashed, and rolled over. <laughs> With Miami, you know, Miami's one of those schools that's going to get some good talent regardless, too. You know, but you add a guy like Mario Cristobal, and now, you know, be tearing up South Florida. Yeah, he's taking scalps on the trail, Cole. You're right, man. I mean, it's recruiting in the Southeast just that got that much more difficult over this offseason. I mean, with the amount of coaching transition that we have with Billy Napier coming into Florida, who's obviously a fantastic recruiter, Mario Cristobal into Miami, Brian Kelly and the staff that he brought into LSU. Obviously, that they had some issues today, but I think over the long term, you'll see them do extremely well there. I mean, it is legitimately big boy recruiting. And if you don't want to be in the thick of it, then you just don't need to be in the ACC or the SEC right now. That's for and, sure. And look at, look at A&M coming all the way into Florida and getting Shamar Stewart. That's, and, and you know what? That's a big point, what you're saying, Jay Head, on, on what I wanted to make clear just personally for me. Sure. You know, I'm not trying to put a fact out there. I want it to be my opinion. I want it to be on me that I respect Harson for taking the Auburn job in the midst of all this. I mean, it's hard for me not to that, because no, really nobody looked at that job and said, that's a good job for me. You know, everybody was going, I don't want to have to recruit against all them guys out there, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. And not be from here and have zero ties. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, he took a bet on himself and I, I can't help but respect that. Now, I'm not saying Definitely. I'm not saying that he's going to take Auburn to a national championship next year or anything like that. You know, don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying that's, that's respectful to me. Anybody that would take that job right now is tough. It's tough. I agree. The, yeah. The landscape of the Southeast right now is ridiculous. Colin, you're right to gamble on yourself in that way and say, you know what? I think I can take this job and I can win and I can be competitive and I can win championships. In the midst of, like you said, Alabama's just won a national championship. Georgia just got there first since 1980. The whole landscape has changed with competitive recruiting. Um, obviously, Jimbo has established A&M as a program now that you have to respect. I'm not a huge fan of Jimbo, but it is, you know what I mean? He's definitely yeah. elevated that program as far as yeah. that's concerned. Yeah. Uh, it's just – and then, obviously, with the transition of the transfer portal and NIL – you have all of these different moving parts and how difficult it is not just to be coaching here, but to be a college coach period, but to make that leap of faith. And probably it helps to have that guaranteed money that he's got on his contract to, to make that chance, to take that chance, but you're still taking a chance for yourself because this is your career. If you don't make it work at Auburn, what's the next big time job you're going to get? Sure. He could have sat there at Boise and, and kept, you know, piling in the 10 win seasons in a, in a conference that he had owned, you know, so. Definitely. That's, Definitely. that's awesome. Well, I think we all can agree that he's got a system now that we're starting to understand and he's not veering from it. He is going to evaluate the shit. He is <laughs> going to vet the shit out of these kids that's yep. right. and go through this process before he even offers. And then before taking them now, Will that have to change? Will he have to adjust? Who knows? I, we, it's too early to say, right? I mean, all, I, I, all us keyboard quarterbacks can tell him, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you, you're speaking power to truth right there, Jay Lee, because there are some keyboard quarterbacks out there. 
what I would say is, is I don't think Brian Harsh is going to change. I, I honestly don't. I, mean, I don't I think either. He'll evolve to a degree, but I think he just is who he is. And mm-hmm. this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment to a degree. He's almost tone deaf to optics. He doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. It's about the ball. It's about putting the people around him that he thinks can execute his vision and his plan for how he sees all this. And everything else to him is just white noise, does not care. That is, that's who he is right now. And he's looking for guys in recruits that are unfazed by what's, you know, the peripheral noise around Auburn and are just focused on his vision and being able to execute what it is that he wants to accomplish on the field. I'm trying to think what recruit it was. And I just quoted him, and it might have been Cole too, but he was talking about the culture that he is building. He hasn't gotten there yet, but he's working on it, and he's impressed with what Harson's done so far. Those are the guys that Brian Harson's looking for. Yep. Yeah, those are the guys. And and I, I'm with Cole now. Like him or not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've been signed out because you're cold. Bullshit. Like him or not, I don't know if that – I just got a message. Like him or not, you got to respect this crap out of him for what he's doing, and he's staying true to who he is. That's why I hope he gets whoever he wants, offensive coordinator, whatever, defensive coordinator, if you want to promote your buddies, do it, dude. Win or lose with your guys. Always. And that was my biggest fault with Gus at times is it felt like he would more or less kind of acquiesce to the needs of other people around the Bend program over. as opposed to going with his gut. Harson, I think, to be honest, he compromised on some of the people that he wanted to bring on staff yeah. initially. This was, whole offseason yeah, has been about tying that together and putting the people that he wants in position in place. And I do think behind the scenes they have come more together. They're more aligned in Harson's vision. They're speaking more his language throughout the building. Um, I honestly believe it's going to be a more cohesive unit moving forward. Once they get this OC nailed down and they figure out how they're going to do that, whether it's going to be promoting Eric Keesaw and bringing in a quarterback's coach, whether it's going to be Keesaw moving over to quarterback's coach and bringing in a receiver's coach, however he plans to handle that. And I tend to believe it's going to be a quarterback's coach coming in. I I think that's what's going to happen because I think he thinks that's the missing link. And Cole touched on that um, in, his, in that great piece that he put up today. But quarterback development is the, is the biggest step that we need to take on this team right now because quarterback play probably costs us two to three games this year. Yeah, I mean, you talk about offensive line play being the biggest issue. Well, look at Joe Burrow right now going to the Super Bowl. They don't have good pass protection at all. He no. gets sacked ten times a game, and it doesn't matter. No. He's a really good quarterback, and he can overcome that. How about Bryce Young? Uh, their offensive line's pass protection at Alabama, supposed to be top-notch, by the way, because of all the five-stars they have, wasn't. Average it, at best. It plain wasn't, and they struggled against Auburn. But Bryce Young is the kind of quarterback that finds a way out of that. You yep. know, 
So that's to me, and I'm looking at Auburn from last year. I've got all the film breakdowns to show you exactly what's going on. I think it was quarterback play. Yeah. Quarterback play was the biggest problem to me. And I'll touch on this with the offensive line. You've got actually, if if we're worried about 2023, right? And the offensive line that's going to be in the 2023 season, you actually have two portal cycles before you get there. Right. You have this one, all your seniors are gone. And then guess what? You got playing time to sell after yes. that. So maybe grab one or two quality guys this time. And then you go, okay, well, we got spots here. You know, you still got to earn it, but you have spots. So this is a pretty, you know, pretty good place to come if you want to play. So up, you got upgrade, upgrade your depth and then yes. upgrade your starting line. Yeah. Yeah. And still take probably – because – and this is what Will Friend has done is he has developed some really, really good relationships with 2023 offensive linemen Yes. in that recruiting class and quality offensive linemen. I know that the staff – I think the number that was regurgitated to me was four to six. I think my, my point of contact actually felt better that it was going to be five or six mm-hmm. was probably what they – High school guys. High school guys. And I think they feel comfortable right now with – two or three besides the commitment that they have that they're on verge of landing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they think it's going to happen tomorrow or anything, but they think, okay, we're out in front of this and we've got a really good relationship with this kid. If we continue to push and grind the way we are in this recruitment, they're going to be in the class sooner rather than later. Clay Whedon, we, we talked to us several guys. Uh, you know, say what you want about the junior day, but there were some top offensive line guys there. There were. Cole talked to several. I, I had – Several myself. Hell, don't don't count Auburn out for Bo Hewley either. By the way, no. I got I got two more coming, two more offensive linemen that attended junior day. I got two more stories coming on that. Uh, Clay so. Clay Whedon is, is is an Auburn type of guy. I mean, hell, me and him sit there and talking about hunting for a little bit. Yeah, uh, there you go. You know, uh, he he is he's an Auburn type. He's coming up from Florida, but you know everybody's going to be after him. Bo Hewley was there. Uh, the kid from Aniston, McElderry, McElberry, McElberry. Mikhail yeah, Dare. whatever, dude. You, you're asking the wrong person. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he, from, uh, Thompson was there. Yeah, there you go. Stanton. Kobe Stanton Keenan. Rebel. Kobe Keenan. There were some damn names there uh, when it comes oh. to the offensive line. There was a lot of people that weren't there, but there was a lot of people that were there too. I, I, and here's the thing about junior day, and I, I want to get Cole's take on all this. It wasn't the quality of the prospect. I felt like everybody that was at that junior day was a quality – power five prospect that was probably high on Auburn's board. I think it was the lack probably of in-state talent, the quality, the quantity, not the quality, but the quantity. But as you guys have both said, they're so big on relationships. They don't want massive numbers there. Now, maybe what you should have done is had two smaller junior days so that you could have gotten some of those other guys on campus at some point, but that's looking back in hindsight. I'm yeah excited about the kids that were there on campus for this past junior day and i'm looking forward to them continuing the relationships with those kids and some of those other in-state kids that couldn't be there like the kids um who's the defensive lineman uh, hunter osborne from hewitt trustful who i know has a really good relationship with jimmy brumbaugh even recruiting him out of oregon mm-hmm. um and several other prospects the kid out of um from highland home i'm yeah, trying to Keldrick think of his Keldrick. Keldrick. yeah Big time, big time edge prospect. I mean, those are those are Auburn type kids that I think we're going to continue to work on. That unfortunately couldn't make it for this past junior day. 
But Cole, what was your take on it? I mean, how did you feel about Junior Day? Well, let me let me say this. You know, you you all might have realized that Auburn just made a bunch of personnel hires. And yep. All the, the Twitter page for Auburn just released all those. So you had a couple of guys like Ryan Smith and Ryan Trichel who were spearheading a lot of these coordinating and organization things, and they weren't with the program for the last couple of weeks. So they didn't have any. They're shorthanded. At the same time, you got you got those guys who were supposed to be back in the office coordinating things. They weren't there, and you didn't have anybody to help with that, supposedly. And you got coaches on the road trying to recruit. So they canceled the first one because they knew it wasn't going to be a big deal. Right. Well, you didn't you didn't have a defensive line coach. You didn't have a yeah. there was you a couple have of a guys. Coach, right. Yes. And yes. and what I'm saying right now is going to resonate with people and go, yeah, man, but you can't have excuses. Well, I'm just going to tell you, uh, another program is going to be having coaching issues in a few weeks. And 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 you'll have a chance to take advantage of that. That's the way it's going right now. It's happening it everywhere. It's not just Auburn. <laughs> it's happening everywhere. You no, know? and you're going to see it right now for sure because now that National Signing Day is in the books, the pro, se- the pro season is pretty much over. There's going to be a massive amount of movement because contracts are structured that way to hold a lot yeah. of coaches in place until after signing day. Um, I mean, I think we saw it a couple of years ago with Damian Craig where he you know, was back on campus for like a week and then was gone to LSU you know, right after he got several kids in the fold. So it expected, but you're right, Cole. I mean, it's, it's a cyclical thing, and hopefully it's coming to an end for Auburn because I think that's what's needed right now more than anything. It, mitigating the amount of kids that the attrition that's leaving our actual team into the portal, stabilizing the coaching staff so we have the perception, regardless, you know, I mean, of what how Harson sees the program, but the perception that other people can't negatively recruit you. Um, about having your offensive coordinator in place and then starting to put your evaluations on the board for 2023 as well as the current transfer cycle. I mean, I, I think that's kind of what we really need right now. Yeah, I agree. So moving on, you're going to get spring practice March. I, I think the quicker Auburn can get something going, like this has yep. been a, a new cycle that Auburn needs to get behind, you know, get, get it behind them, right? I mean, even, even the Austin Davis stuff, I mean, it's not like, stuff for me to even talk about here it's not like Auburn can go hey man that wasn't us no <laughs> you know what I mean like you know they gotta they gotta be PC and in the meantime other callers are going man this is the third offensive coordinator in less than a year I mean you know what you know and and there's really nothing you can do there the best thing I think for Auburn is to get this signing day behind them Get to spring yep. practice March fifteenth as quickly as possible. Get some positive headlines out there. Yes, and, and hope Bruce Pearl and company continue to wax ass. <laughs> let me I add agree. This, but let me add this real quick too to what to what he asked about Junior Day. Every single guy that I've talked to tells me they want to come back for spring practice. Good. And and the reason for that is because the Auburn coaches kept saying, "Hey, come to spring practice." Uh, you know, everything, you won't have any questions after that. You're going to see how we do things. I just, I love, you know, as a former coach, I love that because I always wanted, I wanted to see people to see how I coach. To me, that was a great selling point. This is how I'm going to do it at practice. So the fact that all the kids are, are wanting to come back to spring practice and see how that goes is a really good sign, I think. 
I, I thought everything was positive out of that junior day. I'm curious to see what happens next. Some of these guys who didn't come, are, are they? Uh, will they get here for a spring practice? How will their recruitment turn out? Jimmy Brombaugh, I thought, like uh, Jay had said earlier, he's got some prior relationships with some of these kids. Uh, um, see what the OC happens. Uh, see what happens with the OC. And as far and I, I talked about this to the Wednesday in the war room, but as far as the portal goes right now, it's very select, limited selection in the portal right now. We expect to see another big wave come, uh, I guess, after spring. But I will say this to all the subscribers on the corner. Uh, this morning asked me about any guys right now on the board for sure. We, we talked earlier about Noah, uh, Noah Steen, Tyler, Tyler Steen. Shit, man. And what's his, bro what's, what's his brother's name? Noah. Okay. Noah. All right. See, I told you is what I said. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There you yeah. Hunter, Hunter Nowers Ed. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's the best I can do. Um, and I tell you what, I, and, and I, I mentioned this on the corner Tuesday night. Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan for Minnesota is at least something to keep an eye on. I think Jay and I had some private conversations about that, but it's at least something to keep an eye on. I don't know what will come of it, if anything, but it's something to keep an eye on. Another school to keep an eye on is Arizona State. I know Arizona State's going through some things right now, probably going to have a, uh, a mass exodus, max, mass exodus there. There you go. Yeah, you like that, dude. I uh, did, man. And, and, and some guys uh, from the Pacific Northwest, too, that could be coming back south. Uh, Auburn will be – I mean, this is the transfer portal every day, somebody else is coming in and going out, right? So mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, very fluid, but I know that uh, those are at least a couple of things to keep an eye on. And, and then of course, that board's going to grow a lot uh, before May – and as far as positions goes, Jay, have we talked about the offense line? And, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to build some depth, right? Obviously, it's a priority because Auburn's got two guys on the board already and have been recruiting uh, that position. But what else – where do you see those 10, 10 spots going? So, probably, I think two to the offensive line is the way I'm looking at it right now. Um, one to two at the edge. I'm inclined to say two right now, even though – um, the outside linebacker from last year is sliding out there, Cam Riley, kind of provided some depth for spring. We still only have four bodies there. I think you want to be at six because you've got the two different positions, the stud and the rush. So you'd like to be three deep at both. So I think one to two there. Um, probably a running back, definitely two wide receivers, um, one to two DL because you kind of ate into your depth to a degree. I think you're still pretty much three deep at every spot. But from that defensive end nose tackle and then that swing position you know they, they can play the five they can play the four eye they can play, I mean they can play the two they move all around as far as that's concerned because that's how you vary from that three that three-man front to four-man front sometimes so they kind of move they, they use that as a swing position but I think they're probably going to pluck one or two guys there I don't think they anticipated in the beginning when all this started on losing Lee Hunter and or Marquise Robinson I think they were kind of banking on those guys sticking and ruling in the next year but it is what it is now. But that's kind of how I see it shaking out from a positional standpoint as far as how we're going to attack it. And then I think Cole had introduced a defensive back from Hawaii to the board. Um, oh, I don't yeah. think they're going to pass on a guy like that. You know, when, he's a, when there's a playmaker out there, an impact player that upgrades the talent on your roster right. significantly, I think they're going to they're get in the mix on that kind of guy. 
it doesn't matter what position he plays. I mean, they, you know, I mean, if it's an impact player, you're going to get in them. That's right. Hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's try to do this again next week. Let's see where I, things I, stand. Definitely. Let me get you guys to say real quick before we get off. What do you think about the capability of the defensive staff from a recruiting standpoint now versus where we had it before? Because I've got my thoughts. I'm interested to see how you guys see it now. Um, particularly Jeff Schmetting going from a featured recruiter position at the linebacker position oh. to more of a collaborative recruiter as a defensive coordinator. I think it will be an upgrade. I, th- I think it's an upgrade. I think you even – Christian Robinson, in my opinion, I don't know Jeff Schmetting. I've met him one time. Dude, all I can tell you is that dude is nothing but ball. Right. And, and I, t- I told o- – Owen. Pa- I, this is a true story here. Owen Papo, last I guess right after these guys had gotten in, Owen had gotten no just Schmetting, and I'm sitting out there talking. He goes, "Dude, this guy is he is crazy about ball. I mean, you know, he is all ball. He he's going to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's getting he's he's looking at everything, man. And the one time that I met him was inside the complex, and we're talking, and he's asking Cuz that's walking by, "You got those clips cut up for me? All right, let's go. I mean, that's all he was. So I think." When it comes to uh, X's and O's, absolutely, I, I, I like I like Jeff Smitty. I think he's going to be great. Now, as recruiting, I don't know how how personable he could be. I haven't been around him enough. He wasn't that personal to me, but he probably hates uh, reporters. But Christian, <laughs> but, 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 but Christian Robinson, just from his reputation alone, I think was an upgrade at, at the at the spot. If, if that's what you were getting to, Jay, yeah, I think he's they, an upgrade, they, man. I think he's an upgrade, and and Cole, I, I want to get your thoughts before I get too much in this. And I think the difference between Nick Easton and Jimmy Brumbaugh is Brumbaugh has pre-established relationships, but a lot of prospects already in this area. Nick Easton was building from scratch coming from the NFL, so I think where this staff is starting from right now, even though it's had a lot of changes, is it in a much better spot than it was this time last year? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh... On Jeff Schmetting, just from things that I've heard from recruits, from from people that I talked to close to the program, uh, they thought that the fact that he was such a football mind, mm-hmm. football person, hurt him in recruiting on a personal level. Yeah. Just because he wanted to talk football with guys, and that's not always what gets them, right? Right. So – Moving him to the defense. He, he, don't, he don't give a shit who the girlfriend is or what your mama cooked yeah. for supper last night. <laughs> no, he's not into all that, man. Which, look, I mean, I can't, I can't say I blame him to be honest. But hey, I hear you. He is um, defensive coordinator now. I think that helps him personally, just because now he gets to sell his vision when he joins the recruiting. Yes. Uh, you know, in a recruitment, he's selling his vision on the defense. Uh, I think it was hard for him not to do that in the first place when he wasn't defensive coordinator, just because that's just his his style, you know. But you replace him with a guy that's a young up and comer, uh, has a really good reputation as a recruiter early in his career yes. at the linebacker spot. Um, you know, there's so many talented linebacker prospects around this part of the country. I think that's just going to be a good a good marriage for Robinson and Auburn. Uh, here's my thing too. The same thing with Brumball. I, I feel the same way about the Auburn connections and the connections around the state and things like that. Zach Etheridge, I think, is is going to have a little bit of a bigger role. Um, yeah. Definitely. Next off season. Uh, I don't know if he's 
maybe taking a new role or if he's just, you know, spearheading more recruitments or whatever the deal he's is. He's a defensive recruiting coordinator. Okay, well, there you go. So I think that helps a lot because if you look at the last cycle, that dude put in some work, you know. Oh, yeah. He was the best recruiter on staff by the end. I mean, at, I th- at, he was the hammer. He was the closer. And I know Trevon, look, he did a, Trevon did a fantastic job filling in for various guys. I mean, at one point, Trevon was the defensive line coach. He was the quarterback's <laughs> coach. He was – you know what I mean? Trevon was filling in for basically everybody on staff. And he got put into a, diff, a litany of different positions. But I thought Zach was the guy that was – when we had a top-tier prospect, Zach was in on him, and he was the one that was doing the relationship building. Now and I think the about more you can, yeah, the more you can involve him in various recruitments on the defensive side of the ball, the better off you're going to be. But I love what you just said about Schmetting being positioned as a defensive coordinator and being a collaborative recruiter and selling the vision of the defense. I think he's going to be tailor-made for that. And then you have relationship builders that you did at your three different levels with Zach, who obviously has proven he can do it here at Auburn. Christian Robinson, who's a fantastic relationship builder and recruiter at Florida. I feel even more comfortable with him coming to Auburn and being able to get into that front doorstep of those Metro Atlanta guys, because I think he's going to be a huge link there for us in a place where we've struggled to a degree these last few years. And then Jimmy Brumbaugh, who's recruited the state of Alabama. He's recruited South Georgia. And in that area of Jacksonville to Orlando to the Panhandle in Florida, I mean, he's got connections in each three of those spots. So I feel like the way they've organized and the way they'll attack recruiting from a defensive standpoint, they're going to be a better staff. Now, offensively, they haven't made many changes, and we'll see what it looks like when the OC comes in. But defensively, yeah. I actually like, even though it, it hurt losing Derek Mason, I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. Right. But I think organizationally speaking, it's going to be more efficient on the defensive side of the ball moving forward. And, and by like the way, it. I've talked to two recruits now. One of them off the record, he was just like, man, I – that move was great because that dude, he knows what he's talking about. I was like, okay, cool. And then another one, I put up a story on a, a linebacker target that said, man, Schmetting the defensive coordinator actually makes Auburn more attractive to me. Is I that like, Lewis Carter? Uh, it was Troy Ford. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Big time. I like him. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, man, that, that helps Auburn. I, I love that guy. <laughs> so, I was like, cool. It's not exactly what I was expecting to hear, but, hey, that's, that's hey, good. Yeah, I – I'll take it. <laughs> right. Uh, good stuff, folks. That's why we brought you brought them on here. Hey, uh, let's do it again next week. Sound good? Sounds so, good. I, I think we're going to have some stuff coming. Uh, you know, with this transfer portal, it's not going to end and then pick back up. We are in a dead period, so there won't be any visits, but there'll be offers made uh, and there'll be visits being set up. So a lot of things to keep an eye on, guys entering the portal. Uh, so we'll, we'll, let's do it again next week. And uh, but before I go, I want to say give a couple of how about you's, man. It's been a couple of weeks. Jay Head, the last time me and you and me were on here was our last show. We've yeah, had some, uh, we've had some, we've had some organizational issues that we've been able to work out in the past week. <laughs> so everything should be good from now on. Let me get a how about you to uh, I'll be 12. Now, this guy, dude, he's hit some home runs here lately. Okay, I'll be 12 on the corner. So, <laughs> who was it that went to Liberty? Oh, that was uh, Butler. Yeah, yeah, DeAndre Butler, Butler, right? Dre Butler. So, Dre Butler transfers to Liberty. I'll be 12. Well, at least we didn't give him death. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it was was funny at the time, dude. I've been on a couple of days, man. That's funnier to me now that I'm a dad. 
<laughs> there you go. The dad you jokes, go. dude. A <laughs> uh, couple more. How about you, man? Diesel93, uh, Clint G, Obliterati, JP27, Denim Vest likes to cuss, WDE alum 2001 loves to cuss, Kaz for Auburn. He, he likes to cuss higher drunk. I, I, I'm okay with that. Hey, and, and then Tyler Justice, man, this guy, he held the line better than anybody back when the uh, the Caleb William, Williams stuff was going on. That was a lot of fun. Big, uh, big how about you, Tyler Justice, and also to the dude. Uh, all great posters, man. We've got the corner, and if you're not a member of Auburn Live, you should be. Uh, $5 a month right now for a special, $50 for the year. You can't beat it. It's like a cute dog. So, uh, with that being said, hey, guys, I appreciate y'all joining me, and let's do it again next week. For Cole, Jay head I'm Jeffrey Lee. Stay out of the left lane. How about you? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.